Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal and spiritual growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. I'm here to hold the light for the light holders of the world. For those of you on a spiritual path or those of you who are curious on how to cultivate this path, we often wonder how can we weave spirituality into our day-to-day lives? In a recent conversation on this podcast, I asked my spiritual teacher, Carissa Schumacher, this question. I wanted to know, how can we hold the light and build it into a daily practice for ourselves? What structure is most conducive to opening our channel so that we can stay connected to our spirit and to the unseen, especially when our lives can get consumed with a lot of doing instead of simply being? Carissa, who is an intuitive psychic, medium, channel for Yeshua, or Christ Consciousness, and the co-creator of the book, The Freedom Transmissions, has several suggestions for what could be helpful. She says to take what serves you and leave the rest behind. Something to keep in mind as you listen, Carissa mentions the vertical and the horizontal in this conversation. If you haven't already listened to my conversation with her on episode 23, where she discusses this in detail, here are some crib notes. The vertical is our being or our consciousness. It's that part of us that is spirit inhabiting form. And the horizontal is our human lives, our egos, our identity constructs, and the societal norms that are placed within that. It's basically our day-to-day lives based in the realm of the doing. I think you'll love these ideas on how to connect and stay connected to the vertical. Here's Carissa. I would assume that many that are listening either are already very intuitive or empathic beings, but those that are not, if they are still with us right <laughs> now, if you're still here right now, there is a curiosity or a foundation of something that is rooted within you. This word channel gets thrown around a lot. Ch- a, a channel is very much like a muscle. Meaning that some people, some people are just naturally born, born with more attunement to the vertical than other people. Every single person, when you start quieting your mind, whether it's a meditation practice, every time that you go into meditation or stillness or prayer, it is so important to note that this is your time to go on vacation from the horizontal. Mm. And I like saying it that way because a lot of people meditate, you know, just to try to find a little bit of stillness from the horizontal. But if you're not actually looking forward to it and saying, I am taking a vacation from the horizontal right now, the difficulty will be in connecting to the vertical when you're in meditation. So one of the first things that I always say, an empath or an intuitive or somebody that is awakening in their consciousness, if you do not have a meditation practice, you will struggle, especially when you have gone through an awakening, your consciousness is expanding, your spirit is expanding, things in your life are changing. If the kind of the floodgates of the vertical are flowing in and your ego and control is trying to push it out, it creates a lot of frustration or even tension 
in your being or a lot of confusion? Am I getting a message? Is this real? Is this a synchronicity? Or is this just a coincidence? And so you actually wind up almost feeling like there's a war going on between your mind and your spirit. Mm. Where your spirit is saying, let's take this leap, let's explore, let's open things, let's breathe, let's be present. And your mind is like, I have to do my laundry. I have to figure out you know, my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's just this tension. And the problem when, when there's that tension between the mind that wants to do, that wants to be safe, and then your spirit that's saying, trust me, set this all free, your heart is going to be the collateral damage. And so your heart doesn't know what master to serve, whether your heart is going, you know, heart palpitations, I'm going to serve the, I'm going to be a servant to my mind that is stressed and wanting me to do all of these things, or whether your heart is going to be the servant to your spirit. And so that it creates a lot of complexity as more light is infiltrating your being if you're not, if you don't have a practice where you are able to actually, even if it's just for 10 minutes a day, center yourself, close your eyes and go home. Mm-hmm. I remind people that we really have the best of both worlds as human beings. We get a horizontal life where we get to explore in a forest and share stories and cry and experience love and grief and the smorgasbord of it all. But we also can go home whenever we want to. Meaning when we come into that intersection where we tap in to the vertical. So I I, I refer to meditation less as meditation and more as going home. Mm, It's just like E.T. phoning home for five minutes, 10 minutes a day. And this can be, this can happen anytime during your day. If you're in a super stressful situation and people are disrespecting your boundaries or you're just feeling murky and unclear, that is a huge warning sign from your discernment, your healthy integrated shadow saying, whoa, check in, come home. And what that does it, it allows you to anchor yourself in the present. And that will allow you, when you're present, you're able to resolve things more. When you're present, it's able to see your needs better. It's able to, you're able to enforce boundaries in a more clear and consistent way. So the first thing is having a practice each day to go home. Okay. Just to sit and to bask. And when you're going home and you're just sitting breathing, honoring simplicity and surrender, I would encourage you first, because this is what will activate some of your own psychic energies, to create a sacred space. Okay. And note that I'm saying a sacred space, not a sacred place. While it is awesome to go on a rampage and buy crystals and buy an altar That's nice, but the divine really doesn't care that much about that. They they just want you. Mm. And so what I'm saying is to create a sacred space within yourself. This sacred space can be a place from your childhood that 
felt like home. It can be a space in nature. Maybe maybe your spirit or maybe your guides will reveal the sacred space to you. I love For me, this. Yeah. when I was practicing, you know, when I was very early, not like nine years old, 10 years old, to even be able, you know, I didn't have teachers. It was in the 80s. This wasn't like there were, you know, yoga studios everywhere. And so I was self-taught. And so what I had to do very early on by the time I was like eight, nine years old was to create a sacred space. And the sacred space was just a space in front of a stream. I liked that because it created a barrier between me and spirit. So when I was early in my process of growing in my mediumship and and understanding what was happening to me, I would sit on one side of the stream looking to the other side of the stream I would call in the light. I would just feel the presence of the light surrounding me, kind of just open a little bit of a portal within myself, almost like a doorway or a little orb igniting, opening within the center of your being near your heart. And then I would invite spirit to come towards me. And spirit would come towards me from the other side of the stream so that I felt safe having that barrier. There is... A little, or that boundary so that I didn't feel like spirit was coming into me so that I could understand how to build my psychic library, how to perceive things, how to actually work with the realm or the space that is beyond how to receive uh, messages in an accurate way. So I did this early on. But your sacred space, this isn't about growing your mediumship or your psychic abilities, that's more of the icing, that's not the cake. Your sacred space is really your space to connect deeply to your own channel. And what can happen, the more that you are building in this foundation of your sacred space, is that all of a sudden, sometimes a guide comes for mm. Sometimes you, there's a bird or there's a collar as your third eye starts to open. Sometimes it's more of a feeling that comes. Sometimes it's more of a knowing. People very often think that intuition or channeling is just about seers, but there are three different types of intuitives. There are seers that see visions, that that hear voices, that have clairsentience. But then there are also people, very powerful practitioners that are feelers, where it's not all of the colors and the visions, but they feel something very powerful around them, within them. Sometimes that translates into writing. I always say that the feelers are the healers Mm -hmm. because if you can feel something intuitively for yourself or another, you know just what to do in order to heal it. And then there are knowers. Knowers I always feel a little bit sorry for because it's like, this writing or these these knowings, these wisdoms just pour through them. You know, they're just writing in a journal and it's just transformational wisdoms, but they don't know where it comes from because uh-huh. they don't get the visions and some of the feelings. And so very often knowers can kind of second guess themselves mm. saying, am I channel? Am I just making this up? Am I channeling this? Who am I channeling? And really, it doesn't matter. It really, you're, you're channeling the one consciousness 
the one consciousness, that is it. It's flowing from you. It's emerging from you. And so in your sacred space, this is, once you develop it, this is the space that really is the home for you. And it's also kind of like on a little map when you put a little tack into a map. It's also a space on a consistent basis where spirit can find you. Because you don't want to have your channel open all day, every day. Like going into a business meeting or going to the grocery store with a wide open channel. Right. <laughs> it's too much right, right. when those floodgates yeah. start to open. And so for me, my great grandmother was a very famous uh, medium, incredible abilities in the Netherlands. And she was also a Milner. She wore hats. So any time that she would leave the house, she would put on a hat. And that was her way of saying, I'm, I'm not open right now. I need to go about my life right now. Spirit, don't bother me right now. I do something. I've developed something called office hours when it comes to spirit. Okay. Meaning there are certain portions of the day that my channel is open and other periods during the day where I'm like, you know, unless something's an emergency, I need to handle emails or my actual like physical life. So the sacred space, this is just a space to explore. It's a space of freedom. It's a space not to think, but daydreaming is welcome. And whatever needs to be revealed to you will be revealed to you. But what I see happen sometimes is that someone goes to their sacred space for approximately three days and they don't get the massive downloads and revelation. And all of a sudden, this doesn't work. I'm not an intuitive. You know, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Consistency is hugely, hugely important. Okay. Because not only do you need to trust consciousness and how it emerges through you, but the divine also needs to trust that you're going to be consistent. Hmm. Not in getting everything right, but at least consistent in terms of being more present within your life. Mm. Obviously, diet is a big part of things to structure within your channel, but I am not one of those practitioners that is all puritanical, where it's like an hour of meditation in the morning, an hour of yoga, you know, eating hemp, going back to yoga, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm never, that's not, that was not Yeshua's way, even within his human life. He was not running around telling people what they were doing wrong and what it was that they were supposed to do. Right. And I have that, I've, I've been this way even before he birthed in my channel for many, many years. It's about what feels right for you in order for you to connect. And of course, we all have very different life structures. I will add two different things, <laughs> that, okay. however, before I complete this chord. Yes. Nature. Mm. Nature. Mm. Mm -hmm. Whether it is mountains, trees, nature, as well as having the right teacher or person to guide you along the way. Finding the right guide, 
is so, so helpful. Yeah. And this doesn't need to necessarily need to be someone that you pay. And we all, we, we shift very often within our lives, who it is that we're receiving wisdom from, what ascended masters that we're working with. But if there is someone that you find that you really, really trust, you feel their integrity and humility and originality, working with someone who does understand, who has been practicing for a long time, that works very deeply with the vertical and spirit, so important. It's not a must-have, but it is really, really important, especially if you would like to accelerate your process or if you're feeling the possibility that you are meant to serve. Mm. as not only a light holder, but also in vertical service to the divine. So as a healer or a speaker that is genuinely helping others to transform in their, in their consciousness. And then the third thing that I will say, (laughs) community. Yes. Having a core group of people that you can discuss things with a group of people, a community where there is non-judgment, where there are people in all sorts of different tiers of consciousness or going through different things within their life. But having that, it means that not only is your spider, your mind, heart, spirit, physical body, not only are you getting your spider in order to serve as a vessel for the emergence of deeper light, deeper consciousness on this earth, but you also have a web. Yes. A web of people that when, I always say no spider down, but when your spider is having, a, when you are the spider that is having a really, really bad day, it helps to have Another spider Mm. connected to your web over here that is able to hold that light for you. And then when that spider is having the bad day, then you're the one that is holding the light and that support for them. Mm. We are moving into the age of Aquarius, which is all about community and co-creation. And I know that this is really bad news for a lot folks that have been lone wolves or what I would call kind of like closet intuitives Uh that that have felt or known that there is something emerging or that there are certain gifts that you have but don't want to talk about it don't want to upset the apple cart this is a time in which we need to be exploding this into the world and by this I'm not saying anything specific. I'm not just saying the freedom transmissions or whatever else. Reiki. We need to be exploding this transparency that it's okay to talk about these things, that it's okay to have our shadow. This last age was very much about murderdom, about pushing down the shadow. And what that creates is burdens. Mm -hmm. It creates shame, living in a prison with shame and burdens with no way to ever get that out. The Aquarian era is not all about the light. It is about the integration 
of the light into the shadow so that we can evolve, so that we can grow. And so this community, this community essence is such an important one. And by the way, community does not need to be a hundred people. Right. Community can be four people <clears throat> that you trust, that you can say anything to and know that they will help to, that they will aid, love you, but also be honest with you. Yeah. That is very much the essence of the universal Christ. That is the essence of a good friend and someone that is a light holder that loves you. Because we all have moments when we're in a beautiful lie and, oh, my boss did this. Da, ba, da, ba, da. And a good friend will remind you the kind of the ugly truth that you've been complaining about your boss for nine months and have still not done anything about it. I'm just using that one as an example with regards to the authenticity yes. of friendship. Because, of course, that, that is what the divine does for us. And as you've experienced, there are times that Yeshua is so loving, so holding. But there are other times where he will rip the bandaid off and be very, very honest about things that can be a little bit difficult to hear or chide with certain beliefs or ideologies, but that ultimately set you free. That's right. So yes. we delved into many different tangents and talking <sighs> about the structure of one's day, but community, connection to nature, having having the ability to drop back in, to drop home, to phone home, to create a sacred space within yourself so that you actually have a container to hold the light. Mm. Those are all some of the things that are so simple yet can shift the entire your entire perception of life around you to listen to my full conversation with Carissa Schumacher which of course I highly recommend visit the show notes or find episode 23 here on Hold the Light podcast and to learn more about Carissa visit her website thespirittransmissions.com there you can find out about her journeys, her book, The Freedom Transmissions, and other work that she offers. Thanks all. Keep holding the light. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.